and welcome to episode 25 of the Retro Anime Podcast. I'm your host, Ian, and as always, I'm here with Lewis. Hello, Lewis. Hello there. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thriving. Thriving. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we planned to originally record this back in September last year. So I should say Happy New Year to everyone. This is our first episode of uh, 2021. We had planned to record this some months ago, Um Unfortunately, you know, Lewis's workload was through the roof, wasn't it, Lewis? Yeah, yeah. Uh, lining up everything in time for Christmas was no small task. Yeah, so um, so unfortunately, we've, we've been a bit delayed, but, you know, we often say this, but we're here now, um, we're here to talk about anime and some classic bike racing anime. I'll come on to that a bit more in a minute. One thing I did want to say, and I really wanted to say this when we were going to record in September, but I'll still say it now, so... September was our fourth anniversary, so you know we're still here. We're still going after four years. Um, That's wild, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's mad to think that we've been doing this four years. Yeah, that's crazy. It really doesn't feel like that. It feels like it feels like only a year. <laughs> it feels like I know. Only it still doesn't half. feel that long. I know. Mm. I know. Makes you realise how long you've been living in Dublin now. I guess as well, doesn't it? Yeah, getting older. <laughs> yes. Yes, I'm officially in my mid-40s now. Yeah, officially late 20s. What's going on? (laughs) Don't like it. But, you know, I will say in the last few months of last year, we had some feedback from various sources, you know, still praising the podcast and, you know, kept going, doing a really good job. So it was really, really nice to hear. Um, You know, our numbers in the second half of last year were really, really good as well with some of the, the highest listener numbers we've had. And, you know, when I look at the global audience, you know, North America, Canada across South America, all across Europe, you know, even Iran, Indonesia, the Philippines, Japan, Russia, India, Pakistan, you know, we've had Australia, New Zealand, listeners from truly all over the world. And, you know, I just want to say a massive thank you to everyone who, you know, continues to listen to this. Um, You know, it does, you know, it's great to get some feedback. It's great to see the numbers and that global audience. So I I do just want to say a, a massive thank you to everyone who continues to listen to us. It's, um, it's a great feeling to, you know, know that there's people out there still, in, you know, interested in what we're doing after all this time. So today, bike racing. So <laughs> this is a bit selfish. I'm I'm putting Lewis through this. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mind. I didn't mind. One of them held my attention very well. I'm a big motorsports fan, and I think I've talked about this on podcasts and other podcasts before. As as anime and motorsports are my two biggest passions, really. You know, I often talk about anime inspired my interest in Japan but you know there's a there's an extent a bit of that in the late 80s and early 90s that actually um bike racing and motorsports in Japan because Japan has a massive internal motorsports scene you know really 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 big national motorsports scene and and I always remember well certainly early 90s reading about their group c championship and you know their bike racing and one of the big things of that is the Suzuka 8 Hours, which is a, an eight-hour endurance race held at Suzuka Circuit every year. It's a really, really big deal to the Japanese bike manufacturers. It, winning that almost means more, and in, and in some manufacturers, it means more to them than you know winning the World Superbikes or MotoGP Championship. You know, it's a massive deal to the to the Japanese, mm. and it's been relocated in the arcades. I know Sega and Namco both created arcade games based on the Suzuka 8 Hours. Um, I've never. It's one of those events that I one day I will go to it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get you. 
Yeah, so, it did look um, incredible. Is it was it true to form? Do they have to run to their stations from? Harvard? Yeah, they did used to. I, uh, I'm trying to remember whether they still do that, but they used to. It used to be like a traditional Le Mans start. Right, I see. They used to run across the track, jump on their bikes, start the bikes, and then start. That's great. Uh, yeah, it got outlawed in Le Mans. In, yeah, because it's way too dangerous. Race. Yeah, because basically it was, you know, someone who was a bit slow getting across the track, and someone who was a bit quicker and got the car going, you know, it got a bit perilous. So yeah. after a bit of driver protest, it um, it got stopped. So, mm. and I think, but I think mm. this eight hours carried that on all the way through the 80s and into the 90s. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm... Really now? I can't believe I Did, don't know that. Didn't they run to the, the pit though, head. instead of like the... No, because the pit lane's very narrow. So uh, you wouldn't, yeah, yeah, you wouldn't yeah. start the bikes down there. So, yeah. uh I can't remember. I'm not. I'm not sure. I do you know. I have a feeling that they still do it. Really. I can't believe I don't know that off the top of my head. But I have a feeling that they still do. Yeah. Crazy to think about it. But mm. I know. I know it definitely happened. Like when. So what we're talking about is Bari Bari Densets. That it, at the time that was made, it definitely happened. Yeah. Um, it definitely happened. So the two anime we are going to review today is Bari Bari Densets and Circuit Angel Resolving Starting Grid. And I chose both of these. As I say, I, I, through the last year, I've been watching various OVAs and, you know, I was looking at a bit of content to what we're going to review. So mm. I've seen, I've had these on my radar for a bit. So um, I watched, I, there was found subs that came available sort of through 2019 and I mean, maybe early 20, but certainly 2019 yeah. for uh, Circuit Angel. So I was like, right, check these out because they've been on my radar for, for several years. But I say it just wasn't, you know, a fan sub to watch of it. So I watched them and it's like, right, I'm going to pair these together. And Lewis is going to have to talk about bike racing anime <laughs> with me. <laughs> He's going to have to indulge me on this one. <laughs> That's fair enough. Um, and I picked these two because... They're quite similar, really. You know, they start with street racing and a rivalry that then moves into circuit racing. You know, they have to overcome a crash. You know, it's got high school students in it. So there's there's parallels, but very different executions, I think, which we'll get to. So Burry Burry Densets was actually a two-episode OVA that was released in 1986, and then 87 came out a compilation movie which combined the two episodes. And we're actually going to review the compilation because there was a fan sub available of that. And there isn't a fan sub available of the OVA version. So mm. I just wanted to kind of point that out now. You can clearly see that these are made by Biker Taku. You know, there's, again, yeah. which we'll talk about some of the detail. But I think you can clearly see you that. You can definitely you? see it. Even in the, like, especially the opening scene, there's a lot of love. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, um, so it's it. You know, we, I often talk, and I know on on some of the, you know on, on Retro Mecha podcasts as well. You can clearly see that the animators loved the topic or the content they were creating. You know, there was a they were otaku that were like, I, I really want to make this look gorgeous, and you know, the detail is quite fantastic. Bike racing over the years has been fairly well represented in anime. There was the uh, Twin Hawks TV series from nineteen eighty four. There's also been the Time and Blues OVAs from 1987 and 1990. Uh, there was a motocross OVA that was released in 1988 called Kaze Onuke. 
which I've actually seen that. Again, there's no fan sub. I've watched it raw. That was, that's quite entertaining. And then a couple of years ago, there was a all-female uh, sidecar racing anime called uh, Two Car as well. So, you know, it's been quite popular over the years. So on that, I think we'll get into our first review. Mm. So our first review today is the Bari Bari Densets movie. So this is a 1987 movie directed by Asamu Uemura, um, who only had a couple of other director credits to his name, and he was predominantly a producer. Um, so as I said, edited down from the 1986 two-part OVA. It was actually based on a manga by Shuichi Shigino, who would actually go on to write the initial D manga in 1995. The manga ran for 38 volumes between 1983 and 1991. The anime was produced by Studio Piero and it was released in Japanese theatres with Eitso to Lullaby, which is a similarly themed 52-minute movie. So this is actually often translated as Motorcycle Legend, but Bari Bari actually is a Japanese sound effect um, that's used for a variety of things like crunching or ripping or engine noises so its literal translation is vroom vroom legend believe it or not (laughs) (laughs) so this never got a release in the west doesn't even seem to have got a dvd release i'm i'm struggling to see i've done the usual places for it. it looked like it only got a vhs release in japan in in the 80s a brief synopsis gun kiyoma is an extremely fast 17 year old bike racer he must pair up with his rival and new high school classmate, Hijiri Hideyoshi, to compete in an endurance race at Suzuka International Racing Circuit. So, Lewis, Bari Bari Densets, what did you think? Yeah, so I, in, I didn't watch these in, um, in order. So I, I actually watched the, uh, the other one we're reviewing first, mm. Circuit Angel. And uh, I was refreshed by the opening scene. You know, it was like... <laughs> I, I felt like because you already gave me the pretense of like oh we're reviewing like uh, motorbike anime. Yeah. I was like oh, okay cool, and the, and uh, the first one left me a bit sour, and then I got into <laughs> this one and I was like mm. yes, this was made for motorcycle racing. That's this is nice. Yeah. So like, yeah. And the, all the the quick you know really fanciful movement, the light panning off of the dash of the the motorcycle as it's going, mm. the first person shots. It was all very creative, and yeah, um, yeah like. Uh, I really enjoyed uh, the first like ten fifteen seconds, so I was immediately like, okay. Yeah, I completely agree. It's I have to say it is a bit odd 
but I really enjoyed it. it yeah, it, it is. There's some, I don't know, there's some odd character stuff. Yeah, there is some very odd character um, But you're right, gets off to this really cracking street racing, you know, opening scene where Gun and new rival Hideyoshi are, are sort of facing off against each other. And that scene's quite good because it's quite dynamic and then immediately sets up this rivalry between our two main protagonists. Yeah, yeah, really um, good. And, and, it, and it does that really, really well. Because it's well paced. It, you know, it's an 84-minute movie, something like that. Yeah, hour 24. Um, yeah, hour edited 25. down from two 50-minute OVAs. Um, you know, so it's it's quite a nice length. It's paced quite well. You know, it all kind of chips along in a good order and I think it it kind of builds up the story you know you get this opening scene then you get to the high school establishes these character relationships um this young girl I who kind of you know has this fantasy about dating a a biker gang member and she sees Gun with his bike and and everything and you know kind of fuels this schoolgirl fantasy about him which is uh quite interesting yeah um, it's an odd one that <laughs> and then she getting chased by some thugs and he protects her and then they try the thugs get some revenge on his bike and she protects his bike and so they start they, they form this relationship and then through high you know gun and hideyoshi have this rivalry at high school and then they get into the bike racing and the practice and then they end up at this bike race and they have to be teammates and you know it all sort of comes off. Um, I won't go into the ending yet. Well, I want to talk about that a bit a bit later. But it it all it does work very very well, and I, I do like the way the characters kind of interact. You know, I say it's a bit odd. Because, mm. I mean, there's two things I want to say why it's a bit odd, and I think it establishes this within the first twenty minutes or so. The um, the perspective of the narrative swaps about a little bit. Sometimes it's from I, who's the the young girl, you know that gun yeah. likes. Uh, and then it and then it isn't, and it, it's it, it's like it can't quite make its mind up. I think that might be slightly because it's like two OVAs stitched mm. together, and when like you, well, as a viewing experience, you expect it to maintain that one kind of straight path, probably following Gun and um, yeah and Hideyoshi. It's like you kind of. Yeah, when it starts perspective switching and it like takes the action away from them to like kind of shoehorn in some like character development that it wants to use later on. Like I do I do think it does it does a lot of phoning in of some convenient plot points. They're like they're like, we'll just slide that in here because we'll yeah, mention it yeah, later on and yeah. people will be like, Oh yeah, fair enough. Like the whole one I think one shoehorn uh, for Hideyoshi especially was um the bicycle tire popping on yeah. his on his on his bike while he was peddling his uh, sister home and like as soon as that happened i was yeah, like oh, yeah no and then they went, yeah, they went yeah. in and he had this, he has this like odd relationship with um spoilers 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 okay you've run out of chances uh his parents death <laughs> that um you know he yeah. has this weird sort of like it almost is like this um lustrous relationship with it like he kind of like, yeah, like i'm not that yeah. stupid but it's like continues to live this self-fulfilling prophecy with it i don't know it's very odd yeah and it is very very odd um because i had wondered whether because it was a two-part ova and the perspective uh, that, that might yeah I, I had thought about that um 
because I have watched the OVA to kind of see what the differences were. Um, mm. And it had crossed my mind that but in the movie, it feels a bit odd because of the way that narrative perspective changes. Yeah. Um, it kind of feels a bit unnatural at times or a bit confused um, mm. while it's doing it. I mean, the other thing as well is just the relationship between Gunn and I. Yeah. You know, she must be like 14 and he must be, because he's like a senior. So he must be about, and he's racing bikes. So he must be 17, 18. Yeah. And she must be about 14. And it's just this weird... Weird dynamic. Weird dynamic, yeah. yeah. Because he kind of resents her to start with. Yeah. And then drags her along to the bike racing because she's obsessed with bike racing. Yeah. And then during the race, you know, while they're doing this sort of mini endurance race at Suzuka, mm. he then says, do you want to go on a date to a beach? And then, you know, he, the first thing he does when the, when he finishes the race is hug her and stuff. And it's just... I don't know. It's just a bit weird. Yeah, it's just it's just not you know. Yeah. I can't. You put can't. It any you other can't. Way. It's you just can't justify a bit of an odd relationship. Yeah, you can't really justify it. And like, because it's it's an interesting one because you've also got like um, the uh, Miyuki. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who seems to make much more sense. Mm. Um, as this interest, but. Like and, and like you could tell the first the first OVA because yeah, Gun actually goes through some like some steps to become redeemable. Mm. Just being a bastard all the time. Yeah. And then like and for some reason he's given like super strength uh yeah. for, for use like shoehorned in. Like yeah. I watch him take out eight men and you're like, Okay, fair yeah. enough. And then um I and then as soon the as the second the car as well. Yeah, yeah, as soon as Yeah, exactly. He, do, he keeps using that foot thing and I'm like, I get it. He can do the foot thing. <laughs> And then, like when the second OVA starts, he just goes straight back to being a completely unlikable bastard. Yeah. So I don't know. Because the thing is, you know, at high school and whatever, you will get relationships between kids that age. It, you know, it's the way it's portrayed is is just a bit weird. Um, yeah. Because like he is it. a because Gunn is a really unlikable character yeah. in this. He sucks. He is really, really, really unlikable. Yeah. You know, he, throughout the OVA or throughout the movie. He remains this like arrogant, obnoxious asshole mm. right to the very, very end. And even yeah. in the very last scene, like he's just an arrogant twat. And you know, it's really hard to sympathise with him. And the thing is, it's quite interesting because even Hideyoshi, who's as belligerent as headstrong as Gun is, it's hard to find him quite likable as well. <laughs> yeah, they both suck. And, <laughs> but I don't, I don't know, like, because it's just not. The two OVAs stumble along when they're stitched together because they just mm. can't set a tone for themselves. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's nothing... Nothing is consistent. There's, like... Um, there's dark scenes where, you know... There's dark scenes across the board. Yeah, Even yeah. in the second half, even in the second OVA. Mixed in with some really strong, like, character development scenes that, it, you know, it would make sense to end on a high, but it's just like, no, we're, we're not going to do that. <laughs> no, no, it's really bleak. Yeah, yeah it is bleak. And for, I, don't, I, I don't know why. I, don't, I can't find a good reason for it. No, and that's, as you know, that's why I said at the beginning, I just, it's just odd because in the second, so the first episode of the OVA is in this film almost, I think looks almost intact to me. In the second half, there were these really, really goofy comedy scenes. I don't know what they were about because I could only see the visuals, but they had really weird animation, character animation. But <clears> from <throat> what I can get, 
and especially one of them because I think there was there's one that happens at high school and then one that happens at the racetrack and the the racetrack one is definitely very sexual in nature yeah I could I could work that out from the visuals yeah. and I'm pretty sure as well from the visuals and the way it played out they are and they've all of that stuff definitely two I think there might have been three but that's been edited out that's the stuff that's edited out to make the movie basically I see and that's what makes it even weirder because it's it's like really goofy comedy you know high school sex jinx like stuff you know yeah it's like a oh you've probably never seen it it's like a Porky's film I've not Um, seen no you have to be my age to to know what Porky's is um it was like the um, American Pie of the mid '80s, you know. It's like a baldy sex comedy thing, okay. um, like Animal House. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> with more, but with more sex in it, okay. um, and more nudity, I would say. I see. Um, so, and watching those scenes, you know, so even though I couldn't understand what was going on, it's the when I saw them, what they reminded me of was um, Dokushin Apart Dokudamisu. Oh God! It was. It looked like that type Unforgivable. of thing. Unforgivable. The way it was styled, it was pitiful, yeah. And I can understand completely why they've edited them out to create the movie, yeah. Because yeah. the movie be- probably becomes a lot more palatable. Yeah. But this is what makes it really weird, because you've got that stuff, and there's, you know, the scene that you were talking about, there's like this, there's some really dark scenes in this. Yeah. There's that scene with the threat of sexual violence against Miyuki. Yeah. 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 And, like, the contrast between... Like this really goofy stuff and like that stuff happening in it. It's and that's where it's kind of it's just odd and it it's really strange. But what's even stranger is how as a movie, definitely with that goofy stuff come out, actually as a narrative and a story, it works really well. It does, yeah. And it's just because of those like those shoehorned in or phoned in parts mm. that are like the sum of its parts are just it just feels like a mix max between Technoblocks and Play Doh. Yeah. Like someone's like gone yeah. someone's like, right, I've got a creative vision for this Lego masterpiece, but we're gonna have to start using Technoblocks and also Play Doh because I've run out of Lego pieces. Yeah. So they're just yeah. like it, it's just it just feels like they've kind of just blended things that shouldn't be together as part of a narrative structure because they just yeah. don't work. Um Yeah, and it does it, like as a viewer, you're kinda of like you have to keep looking at it. You can't even look away for a half a second because you're on a completely different like, scene, yeah, a completely yeah. different setting. Um, yeah, it's it's just strange, but redeemable. <laughs> redeemable, very redeemable. Because I like I like the way that even though, as we said, both these like Gun and Hideyoshi are both kind of these arseholes all the way through, but there, there's growth to their arc because, and even to the characters because you know Gun as much as he finds. I annoying at the beginning, you know, he kind of accepts her and wants her to become his girlfriend, you know. He, yeah. They through the race, they both Hideyoshi and Gun develop this mutual respect, even though they can't stand each other, mm. they respect each other as racers. Yeah. <clears throat> you yeah. know, and, and when, exa- that makes sense. That's a totally yeah. redeemable arc. Yeah. Yeah. Like you could cut out you could cut out the bleak bits. You could cut out the, the mm. uh sexual threat scene. You can cut out the the post race scene. Uh, you mm. can cut out well, another part. Which am I thinking? I forgot. Never mind. You can. You, the bottom line is you can cut out those like shoehorned in scenes. Yeah. And yeah. have a cohesive story about yeah. 
a very fast 17 year old bike racer <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> and like, yeah and like and it would be really good yeah but like, I agree. like yeah those those dark bits that like don't fit just actually really harm it because <laughs> <laughs> you're just taken away from it like the, the 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 whole race scene which lasted what like it's like 15 20 minutes almost yeah yeah it's like, about 20 that minutes that was brilliant yeah wonderfully animated like so much is going on like there's so much on the line there's so yeah. much at stake and then they like it's this like against all odds hike to the very end and that's like that's the euphoria and then it could like you know after the incident at the end when he is remembering what he said to him at the podium yeah it's like that could have been the perfect ending scene mm. <laughs> it could have been the perfect ending scene because i thought it was very weird once like you know he goes to embrace i uh at the at, like you yeah. say at the end and for some reason hideyoshi is wading through the crowd to get to them as if like it's not his moment as well <laughs> yeah, I know. it's like why wouldn't he be part of that <laughs> Like, yeah. <laughs> why is he wading in to try and get some headway? Like, doesn't he deserve this as much as him? It's like, yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. strange. But yeah, I don't know. I know, but I mean, you know, the bike racing scene, as you just mentioned, is, you know, the highlight of this movie. As you yeah. say, 15 to 20 minutes, it's it's just really, it depicts the race, the build-up, the start, you know, the action, what happens during endurance race, you know. Unlike a sprint race, you know, if, if something goes wrong with your bike, you can get it back to the pits. You know, you've got the time and the opportunity to fix it and get back out again. Yeah. You know, that's what I like about endurance racing. Yeah, it's much, much more than, you know, the yeah. sum of its laps. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I, you know, I've done the Le Mans 24 hours in, in 2000 with Dams and... um yeah, that's and, a slog. Um, you know, I I know I know what it's like to do an endurance race, and I know what it's like after you know one of our one of our cars went out quite early, and uh, one of them ended up breaking its suspension. But I remember that coming in after twenty two and a half hours, and mm. then at that point we still got it fixed and it got back out again and it completed the race. So you know, it's that you know it's the team feeling, can make yeah. a difference. So it's yeah, is an it's endurance great. race. That's yeah. it's uh, you know so, and I think it just captures that really well. And like you say, the dynamic sort of feel of the shots you know the point of view stuff in it you know the way it yeah every camera angle has been thought about very carefully yeah like you know and it's not it's like it's it's not afraid to switch up the action it's like its quality resides in the fact that it's not afraid to just like swap a completely different perspective and require a whole new bank of art for no more than 40 frames yeah you know and that's like that's something that's like admirable about this is that no expense was spared in really selling the action and selling the, yeah. the spectator spectator side of the sport because it does feel like you're spectating something special. Yeah, and I thought that's very admirable. Like, because it had me, it sold me as soon as it showed the uh, the suspension shot, which lasted no more than 0.5 seconds. Yeah, at the very opening scene, I was like, all right, well, this is a different caliber of care that's gone into this, and you can yeah. see it immediately. They're yeah, showing off. They they do show off at the start <laughs> with, with, with right. It's just a yeah, shame that yeah. such a great artistic talent and um a great racing story is tied up with all this other crap <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's because you're right the the mechanical detail and the specifics of gear changes and suspension movement and rev counters and throttles opening and, and all that kind of stuff mm. and like the panning shots as the bike corners i mean it's just fantastic it's you know what made like 80s OVA is really really good that love and attention of someone painting all that detail and yeah. you know 
painstakingly animating that detail. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, it is absolutely, and the, the race, yeah, I mean, it's the real highlight and it's what really lifts and, you know, you can almost say just put up with the first 40 or 50 minutes or whatever, just so that you can understand the bike race. Yeah. Because you know, it's the crown jewel of this. It is. in like, and the, but, this OPA movie. It really is. Like the, the action scenes together, there's so much care and talent that's gone into that, that segment of the art and the mm. writing. And that's, a, that, that, that's what it like kind of stands up at, as. And I was yeah, like, yeah. I was like very sold on giving this a high rating. But then I realized I was really only sold on giving it a high rating against Circuit Angel. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, do I really like this? Or do I really like it because I've just seen Circuit Angel? <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I, I actually generally quite enjoy this. I like it. Yeah. I like yeah. it. I don't love um, it, but I like it. Yeah. I don't love it, but mm. I do. I've watched it several times now. Um, I watched it last year. And I think I've watched it probably three or four times. Uh, I think I've watched it four times now. Despite all the oddness, I do actually quite like it. I, I, the way it just progresses and stuff. I, I, you know, there's something I, I find quite endearing about the characters. You're right. It does telephone stuff miles in advance. Um, yeah. The ending is really, really predictable. I'm, yeah, I'm not going to spoil flagged. it. It's very dark. It's but flagged it's... like so far in advance, and you're like, yeah. "Come on, don't do him like this." Yeah, like, there's no need. There's no need for it. No, <laughs> there isn't. Yeah, because like they flag it and flag, it and fl- the reason why it's so phoned in is because he's sold as a character who yeah. doesn't take those risks. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, and like, and, yeah. and that's not fair <laughs> to do that. Yeah. you know it's like it, there is quite a level of predictability to it um i remember the first time i saw it it was like yeah that's going to happen that's going to happen that's going to happen i mean it's almost like the it's almost like a rocky film yeah you can tell the plot what's going to happen before you've even seen the film sort of thing yeah but i don't know i just enjoyed it yeah. <laughs> I, just, yeah. I just i you know I, i've said it a few times now but i did just really enjoy it and i, I think you know, I like bike racing, and I, you know, and it's depicted really, really well here. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I just there was just some real level of entertainment to it that I just enjoyed. Mm. I mean, I'm going to score this higher than you, I think. Um, okay, hit me with it. Hit me with it. I, I see. I give this an eight because I would. You see, I would go back and watch this again and again, not yeah. every week, but I will definitely go back and watch this again. Yeah, well, that's fair enough. I yeah. I would sit it. On a solid, on animation quality alone, with its solid story somewhere in the mix, um, trying to cream its way to the top of the <laughs> to the top of the mill, <laughs> I would give it a seven point six, seven point six to seven point eight. Because I'm just thinking back on what I've rated a seven, and giving something a seven is a cop out because it's like I don't want to give it a six and I don't want to give it an eight. But I do. I am breaking out the I'm breaking out the decimals here. Because it does deserve to sit highly, just for the level of care that's gone into it. Yeah. But it yeah. also does get to, it does deserve a slap around the face for just being a little bit unforgivably shit <laughs> against the against its best. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I, I can't deny the oddness, and some of it is does detract it from it a little bit. And like you say, I think as you said, you, you could have cut some bit about twenty five minutes out you of could, this and got yeah. to an hour long OVA and had something legendary and it would have been legendary yeah yeah, yeah I agree yeah it would have been very focused 
just delivered that, you know, by Kotaku, you know, yeah. hit that at, what people want, and it would have been fantastic. At so, an hour long, it really would have been a vroom vroom legend. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the uh, that's the perfect point to stop the review. <laughs> <laughs> So our second review is Circuit Angel Kitsui no Starting Grid or Circuit Angel Resolving Starting Grid. This is a 1987 one-shot OVA directed by Yoshikazu Tashihira and it is his only director credit. With good reason! Um, But he produced about a dozen anime at other studios over a period of about 30 years. Uh, it was produced by Studio Unicorn, and like Bari Bari Densets, it's never had a release in the West, but a fan sub is available. Brief synopsis, Mariko is a tough yet kind girl who is really into motorcycles. She ends up in a race to settle things between the rich son of a bike maker and herself. So, um, as I think we've already established in the previous review, this isn't as good as Bari Bari Densets. No. <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of okay in places. It's again. I think I've enjoyed this a little bit more for some reasons, which I'll go into in a minute, than you have. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, because you've got the tie to the uh, to the sport. Yeah, yeah. And I'm purely watching as a as a mm. as a viewer who happens to just see motorcycles. The thing is, it's really choppy. I mean, the way it's edited, I mean, it fits, mm. it tries to fit a lot in, or feels like it's trying to fit a lot into 45 minutes. Yeah. And it, and yeah, it kind it of chops from one scene. It, there's no, it doesn't feel like a very smooth progression in scenes from as the story progresses. And it certainly isn't helped. Uh, and I'm not going to give too much away here, but it relies on a plot point that it doesn't explain until much, much later in the OVA. It makes references to something, and you're like going, what is it going on about? And then it explains it, like, after about 25 minutes. And you're like, ah, that's what those two bits mean. So if you watch it a second time, then right. those bits become... I don't think I could give it that no, credit. No, <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm being generous here. I am being generous, I admit. Yeah. But yeah. when you watch it again, knowing what that is, and the context of a couple of scenes earlier on in the OVA... Yeah, there's bits of it that make a lot more sense on a second viewing, but on a first viewing, you you are like, "What's going on for yeah. about, for half of it?" And then then you have then the penny drops as it explains this point, and you're like, "Ah, so that was that, and that was him, and 
oh, it all makes sense now, but it's a bit late because it's nearly finished. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. I, 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 did, I did see those parts, and I did, I, I did think, okay, nice touch, but I just, I just couldn't forgive it for those. Because <laughs> uh, again, I'm not sure. Because the thing is, Barry Barry Densetsu is about racing rivalries, like, and about racing. Yeah. And like the dangers of racing and, you know, the highs and lows of racing and, and what, you know, what happens to amateurs and how they became superstars sort of thing. Yeah. Was this, I'm not quite sure. Does it, does it just want to be a slice of life? Does it want to be about bike racing? It should be about bike racing, right? But it's like, it does a slice of life without any interesting main character. Yeah. And like, it's because because it's written, (laughs) because it's, female written by men (laughs) and they're like ah right what do we do now that kind of like pushes her to speak her mind i don't know let's have a let's have a hot let's have a hot spa scene let's have her in a hot spring yeah 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 but we've got to have boys watch them yeah 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 of course that goes without saying yeah yeah it's just yeah carry on i'll let you have your bit and then i'll go into mine yeah, because that yeah, I know what you mean, and we'll we'll come back to that. I mean, because from the, from the bike racing point of view, if we purely the only reason I watched it because it had Japanese sports bikes in it, yeah, because like this, there's a, there's a bit of me that harks back to like you know twenty five thirty years ago. So you know, as I was coming through my mid teens at the time in bike racing, the, the two strokes Grand Prix bikes were two stroke Grand Prix bikes. You know, the legendary unridables. 500cc Grand Prix bikes and you know when I was interested in bike road bikes and all the rest of it what you had was you you bought a 125 two stroke which you could then tune to make silly power and make it go silly fast mm. you can't do that with four stroke 125s today it's really really dull yeah um, and then you then you progress to a 250 two stroke twin cylinder which was like a proper pocket rocket and mm. um, weighed nothing and had loads of power or the other thing you had was a 400cc four-stroke, yeah, which was a miniature, so typically the 750 sports bike class, which was the main sort of superbike racing class that were based on 750s. So you had your GSX-R 750s, your ZX-R 750s, RC30s and RC45s and stuff like that. Right. You know, the OW01s and OW02 Yamahas and whatever. And what you could get was a minute, a slightly smaller one in the 400, and it was all due to licensing laws, you had all these really cool pocket rockets, yeah, and so that's what you had. So, you know, when I watch this, and you you can see the you know the RG gammas and T's and R250s and stuff like that, and show who's like the the bad guy. You know, he's the main antagonist. He's on the 500, and he's the big bad because he's on a he's on an RD 500, yeah, um, yeah, sort of thing. So there, there was you know there's that bit of it, and and in the race, which I won't talk about too much, but I'll just say. You know, Mariko ends up on this. They they build this kind of like futuristic bike, which at the time this was made, a lot of the Japanese manufacturers were producing concept bikes that looked like that, hub steered and whatever. And Suzuki produced a very very famous one in '86 called the Nuda, which was a two wheel drive hub steered bike. I mean, an amazing looking thing, really really futuristic. Yeah, um, one of my favourite concept bikes ever. So, you know it. <laughs> There's a lot about this that I can kind of relate to. I see. So it has more like hold than just being an anime. It's something that features yeah, something you that's know, pure. The, yeah. yeah. And I can remember riding around on performance two strokes and stuff mm, mm. when I was younger. And there's there's that bit of it. 
you know that I can identify with because I was really really into those bikes 25 years ago so uh-huh. the bike otaku in me kind of I can really identify with that bit of it which um, I'm like oh it's a thing and it's a you know it's a D to R three MA and and stuff like that but then there's this kind of loose story that kind of hangs off that bike porn basically right yeah. I say it wants to be so like because you know that thing you talk about the hot spy you know there's that you know girls talking about their bodies and you know boys spying ooh look the boys are spying you know happens in it's so it's you know, just packed full it, of tropes and it just hasn't got any yeah. substance in my uh, that's that that was my issue because I don't obviously yeah. I don't see the bikes the way you see the bikes like I thought like my main issue with it is like get to the racing as like, I want to yeah. see what this is building up to give me some like plot twist which i did get in the end i was like give me some plot twist that means something to have for the main character to have this mentor because it it it, it does that like you say it does that slice of life stuff that has honestly almost no place because it does nothing to develop the characters further and the only point where you get some character development is with show being the antagonist pushing a point to the point where the where you find out a little bit more about um, writer and his history. Mm. And it's like, okay, so it's never really been about Mariko. It's been about shows kind of like show making a show of him, if you forgive the pun. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, yeah. I, like I did, I just felt it just, it just limped along sorrowfully and was just unforgivable amounts of fan service. It was just substanceless. Yeah. Yeah. The story is a bit, is a bit weak on this. It's like I say, it's full of tropes. Again, it's very predictable. Show is a horrible character. Another, you know, yeah, shows thoroughly unlikable. Yeah, that Mariko for some reason is just like, oh, maybe I like him. It's just like, yeah, <laughs> it's just it's like, it, it's just badly written. Yeah, because it's got that stuff like Show's dad, who's the boss of this bike company, bike manufacturer. And when they're in the stands watching the race, he's got his cling on, yeah. you know, corporate hang on, um, whatever. And he's like, find out more about that bike. We need, our company needs to know more about that bike. You know, yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, three bags full, sir. Yeah. You know, it's got all those kind of eighty, you know, 80s corporate Japan tropes, you know, the salary man stuff. You know, and like Mariko is this typical tomboy character. Yeah. Um, you know, who's headstrong and and then all the rest of it and mm. steals the you know gets grounded but still steals the bike's keys from her dad and, and goes out and gets into trouble sort of thing yeah and then you've got her, her this wannabe boyfriend Keiichi who's a complete wuss yeah and the funny bit in that is at the end when he tries to kiss her after the race yeah and she blocks it and I did find that genuinely laugh out loud the way that little bit of animation's done I thought oh. that's probably one of the highlights I thought that was quite funny yeah I felt like, because I was just like, every, because every bit was so predictable and yeah. like Mariko is just not well written and things just happen to her rather than her, you know, ever making any form of, I guess, drive forward for yeah, the story. Yeah. Like things just, things just happen to her yeah. and she's like, well, I suppose I better race because I can't not. <laughs> and then uh, writer's just like, well, we've only got a month. I hope you're in for it because it's going to be... It's gonna be a tough, gonna to be a tough ride. Yeah. And I was like, and then I was get, like, no, don't do it, don't do it. And you get a five-minute training montage. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I was like, this, this ain't it, chief. This is, 
this is the worst. <laughs> so, yeah. And then like the yeah. build up the, the, after that, like the, the character build up and the tension before the race was like a lot better than the race itself. The race itself was just wasn't mm. that great for me. No, the, the the race where Bari Bari dead sets the race footage in that is really, really good and thrilling and dramatic and looks amazing. This isn't, uh, you know, it, it it feels like it tries to capture the same thing because it's got those details with gear changes and stuff, you know, th- through all the bike scenes. But yeah. it just never quite, it's never quite as visceral as Burry Burry Densets. You know, it's it never really kind of really gets that adrenaline. I, do you know what I mean? It's like where that's sort of really thrilling, this isn't. It's it, Like I say, it kind of feels a bit limp. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, when you measure yeah. it against its peers, yeah, it's uh, it's, it's some... the key kg of uh, <laughs> of, of motorcycle <laughs> anime. Weak, feeble, pathetic. Because yeah. I, I feel because this came basically you know a year or whatever after the original AVA, I, I feel some of the the detail and the bike scenes almost feels like it's trying to emulate it. Yeah, because mm. there there are angles that it tries to do. That feel that almost feel plucked straight from Burry Burry Densets. Yeah. But they just don't oh, they don't capture the essence of racing and the feel of it like like the other one does. Um mm. Yeah, it doesn't have the same atmosphere. No. And there's no, no visceral nature to the to the racing to keep you no. really like kind of like engaged with it. It you you know you can only show so many um gear changes and <laughs> you know close-ups of uh of just yeah. some quick breaks before it gets a little bit tiresome of the same camera angles and it, just, it doesn't hold a candle to bari bari in when it comes to no that. no it uh it's and again like bari bari sets, it's it's a bit odd in places as well there's yeah. mariko's dad is like his behavior and how he does and stuff's like he's just a really nasty bit of work um, and he does some odd things, you know, considering he's doing them to his daughter or the way he treats his daughter. Yeah. Is, is really odd. Yeah, it's, um, just, it's just, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the bath, the bath scene with Mariko and the dog is a bit weird. Yeah, yeah, again, why? It's just... just I've, again, I've seen this one three times, I know that. I watched it originally at the very beginning of last year and then twice for this review. And it, mm. every time I see that, I just, I'm just like, yeah, that's just... It's just wrong and kind of every level that scene. For sure. And I feel like we say this almost every episode when we watch stuff like this. You know, there is just, it's hard to get your head around just the difference in sociological sensibilities yeah. between their culture and our culture, yeah. right? Yeah, and there's like, yeah, you know, some things I'm willing to forgive, but not this. This ain't one of them. But this, yeah, yeah, this is, yeah, yeah. it's... um. Yeah, it's just, yeah, yeah. I'll let it go for Bari Bari because there's a good story in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. But there isn't a good story in here. And if you're not a bike fan, well, there's nothing for you here. Turn back now. Yeah, and you see, I wouldn't even go back to this. I see, I say with with Bari Bari, I would go back and watch that. Yeah, as I said, you know, I would, I, I will revisit that because I enjoyed it. But this. I don't know. There isn't anything redeeming about it, to be honest. The, the bike racing isn't good enough to to hold it on its own. No. 
the character and story stuff is just weak, as you say, predictable, full of tropes. There's nothing original about it. You know, the animation is okay. There's a few bits in it that are quite nice, but it's it's nothing special. So, yeah, it's just... If, if you're into bike racing, I would say go and watch it. You can play spot the bike in it, which is good fun if you're, you know... But I think unless you were kind of maybe my generation and you grew up with those bikes... You know, and you and as a you know fifteen, sixteen year old, eighteen year old, lusted and, and wanted those bikes when they were current sports bikes. You know, and they were the thing to have. Um, you know, unless you're into kind of retro sports bikes, you're probably not really going to be interested in that aspect of it at all. Um, and then there isn't anything else around redeeming enough to really warrant. You know, I, I find it hard to recommend this one. I would recommend Bari Bari Densetsu all yeah, day long. Yeah. Yeah. But this one, I'm just like, you know, I, I, I can't, you know, I, I mean, I give it a five, which I think is a generous five, just because I like the depiction of 80 sports bikes in it. And there's the nostalgia bit on me in that, because there's a 87 Mecha OVA called Del Power X, which has got um, a really, really good depiction and animation of um, a Kawasaki KR250 in it, yeah. which. I quite like, you know, I'm like, oh, look, it's really, that's, that's cool. But yeah, if you're, unless you're a nerd into that type of thing, like me on that, then yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah I guess so. What about you? What about school wise? Um, like I said, I think if, unless you're a bike fan, there's nothing here for you. Um, mm. but just a little bit of like grimacing and disappointment. <laughs> so, I mean, if you're just a bit of head shaking, yeah. If you if you like if you like watching something and just like constantly going, oh, Jesus, uh, then I recommend it. But if you don't and you like me and you have some taste buds left, I would give it a solid three out of ten. Yeah. Okay. That's kind of what I thought you might score this. Yeah. yeah I thought you were going to be around that sort of maybe. Yeah. I didn't think you were going to go to two, but yeah, maybe. Three to four ish, I thought. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so, I don't even. Yeah, I, you... I don't even think it deserves a three. But like, I feel. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. you you've shown this to me and you like bikes, I'll give it a three. That's where I thought you were going to pitch this. Yeah. yeah. Like I so say, I think it's just that decidedly average. You know. Oh no no! It's not bike, average. Yeah. It's worse than well, average. No, it's, <laughs> it is worse than average. Yeah. It is. Yeah, I, I didn't like and it. And that's why I paired these two together, because I think fundamentally they kind of tell the same story. Yes. Yeah. yeah. High school kids get into street racing, end up on racing against each other for honour or whatever on a track. Yeah, but one is yeah, much more is... high stakes. Yeah. And it's well positioned. Yeah. Like the build-up is nice. This is just like a load of like, it's just poor writing for characters that have little to no consequence with each other. Yeah. Other than, I guess, just... You have to believe that they've got some sort of personal vendetta because they've got nothing better to do. Um, yeah, and, and this does have that real '80s bubble economy. Yeah, like, I've got an idea of this story. Yeah, yeah. Convince yeah. someone to give me some money, and I'll go and make it. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because it was um, Tachihiro's only director credit, and that's what I think is quite interesting about it. It's you see a lot of this kind of thing where people had. These creators, you know, they were storyboard artists or producers or mm. whatever. And they kind of had an idea. And it's like, do you know what? I'd love to have a crack at directing something. Yeah. And and it seemed to be quite easy to convince someone to give some money to go and make something and direct and create an OVA. Yeah. yeah. And you end up with, you know, with this cassette of 45 minutes. 
I mean, there's a lot of it about, especially kind of from that 85 to 90 period, you know, you, you, you see a lot of these one-shot guys and these, you know, who, who basically don't do anything else. They're just, or they might be animation directors or yeah. something, you know. And as you'll quip, as I was um, reading out the background stuff, you know, mm. and you can see why. And it's like, well, yeah, you can you can probably see why. He just wasn't very good at it. No, he, you just know, he wasn't, wasn't very good at it, yeah. It wasn't a talent that, you know, came out and did something amazing and got more. It was just, yeah, he had to go and uh, kind of failed. Yeah, kind of just messed you know. it up. Yeah. Took a stab at it and, uh, well, ended <laughs> up stabbing someone with a spoon, so... You just you just couldn't land it, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. So, like I say, I can't recommend this one. No, um, but I can I can recommend the other one. Mm-hmm. Uh, one final point I do want to make, which I see a lot of in eighties AVAs, and it always brings a smile to my face, is how they rip off Hollywood music. And during the first scene when Mariko and Keiichi ride out. There was a blatant rip-off of Flying Through the Danger Zone from the movie Top Gun. Mm. And it's almost a note for note. I did recognise some of that. I did. I just don't, I didn't know where to put my finger on it. I think that was it. Yeah. yeah. If you've ever seen Top Gun, you, you know exactly what... The, there's this riff and the chorus, and it's... Yeah. And it's it's that. It's uh, yeah quite funny. That did bring a smile to my face as well. Because 80s OVAs were always doing it. So... Uh, mm. Yeah, so uh, I think that's uh, just about the end of our reviews today. Indeed. Right, so next time, in a very early episode, uh, I think it was episode three, we did a episode called Plucked from Obscurity. And um, looking back at kind of what we're going to do, I'm going to pick up on that theme a bit more. I mean, you could almost say this episode was a bit of a Plucked from Obscurity episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to run with that theme a little bit more in, and make that a, a thing, these obscure OVAs that, you know, no one's probably ever heard of or whatever, but, you know, they, they're out there and they're being fan-subbed, so... You know, you you can go and find means of watching them yeah. in English. Should um, they be fan subbed? You decide. Well, we get to decide that as well, but you also have the benefit of deciding that too. Sticking with the plot from the security thing, so we're going to review two AVAs, one called Nauta and another called Whatever White Bear. Yes, I think that's going to be another interesting discussion. Yes, because, um We also are doing Mecha March. Yes, we are doing Mecha March. So we're doing that on this podcast. So uh, during March, we will be doing uh, a special episode. I'm doing it with Craig as well on Retro Mecha Podcast, and he's doing something on his blog. So we're kind of doing a sort of cross-platform celebration of it. So Scott at Mech Anime Reviews, um, he started this a few years ago. 
I wanted to do it last year, but things just kind of didn't work out yeah. last year for it <laughs> with the timing. So, um, so Lewis and I are going to do a, a special episode of uh, Retro Anime Podcast. Um, we're going to call it, because we're, again, cross-platform, it's going to be Retro Mecha Anime World. Um, so Lewis and I are going to do a couple of OVAs, and we're going to do that as a special, and then there'll be a, a Retro Mecha Podcast special as well. So looking forward to that. be good to uh, delve in. I know you're not as big a Mecha fan as me, Lewis, but oh, you, I've still you do got, like I've still got quite the plethora of Mecha anime under my belt. So yeah, I do, yeah, I do enjoy it. You do appreciate the genre, yeah, don't I do. You, so. I do. It's definitely one of my uh, one up there with my favourites. This episode will come out during February, so when you listen to this in the month to come, you'll uh, you'll see that other content coming out for Mecha March. Right. So where to find us? You can find us on Twitter at Retro Anime. Uh, you can find us on most podcast hosting services. The podcast is hosted on SoundCloud, but the RSS feed is on stuff like iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, Overcast, Podbean, Castbox, Podcast Addict, Pocket Casts. You know most podcasts. We're now on Amazon Music as well. So just go to your favourite service and search for Retro Anime Podcasts, and you'll find us. I've still got my terrible website, um, Retro Anime Podcast. I still haven't got around to do anything with that. <laughs> uh, I, I really, really must. Stick a lad um, on it from Fiverr. Kill... They'll do it in no time. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I need to do something. I, I need to... I want that to be better. Because people still find the podcast. Obviously, they must do a Google search or something, and they find that... Um, God. They find not any... I actually haven't seen the website in a while. I've forgotten what it looks like. Uh, well, there you go. It's that forgettable list. Oh, so, um... <laughs> um you can contact me you can email me directly at ian at retro anime podcast um also on um the anime uk news forums my username is organ as in detonator organ um yeah as i mentioned retro mecha podcast you can find that at retro mecha and all the same hosting services so yeah plenty of ways of uh getting hold of us if you want to and that kind of wraps us up for today lewis indeed it does so, uh, no more motorbikes for a while, Lewis. I promise. That's <laughs> okay. I didn't mind them. Just no more of uh, no more of that stuff for the fan service and the other crap. <laughs> yeah, I'll try and lay off that bit for a while. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Right. Well, at that stage, I will say adios, goodbye. Yes, and it's a goodbye from me too. Bye, everybody. opening and closing music of the podcast is the opening theme to Brave of the Sun Firebird, copyright to Sunrise Studios. All other music used within the podcast is copyright to its respective creator.